Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. We're going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 as we continue on the series called This Is Us. Uh, I don't know about you, I'm sure all of us on some level have hobbies, uh, you know, it's something that you love to do. One of mine, I was reminiscing with somebody just a couple of weeks ago, uh, is team sports. I love playing team sports. Uh, and so actually one of the things that I've loved, I haven't been able to do for the last couple of summers, which is softball. I love playing softball. Uh, you know, I love the environment with the team. I love the, the camaraderie, the relationships that you build. Most of you that have been a part of community for the last two years know that I love to chirp. It's probably the best part of my game when I play sports. I like to get in your head and bug you and irritate you and whatever else can just drive you nuts. Uh, listen, and you could be on my team and I'd still chirp you. So I'm like, I'm an equal opportunist chirper. That's how I do, you know, sports. But I love sports. There's something about having people come together with, you know, different skill sets and how it all kind of works together and they have different roles on a team. And, and there's something really cool to watch a team come together. And even if you have someone on the team that, you know, maybe is not as skilled as another, you know, there's just something about the competitor and also just the person inside of you that wants to see them do extremely well, so you cheer them on, and, and so I miss that environment. There's, there's something powerful, and the thing about team sports, and maybe it's the reason why I love team sports, is, is because you can't accomplish the goal of a team sport unless you work well as a team. Even if you have people on your team that, you know, might be super gifted, like, for example, you know, the Raptors this year won their championship, and they've had a really good team for the last number of years, but, but they just didn't have enough to take them over the top, and of course, they take the huge risk, and they get Kawhi Leonard, and, and Kawhi Leonard comes in here, and, and he elevates the team, and that's, that's the way it should be, but, but he didn't just elevate it in the way of gameplay, he modeled some stuff in the way of, you know, how you endure through all of the, you know, the pressures, the, the you know, the crunch time, because I always felt that was the Raptors' issue. It, you know, they would go so far in the regular season and then get to the playoffs, and the crunch, we, and, and LeBron, but anyways, if you, if you follow basketball, would happen. You know, the crunch would happen. And, 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 you know, they would just, they would crumble under the pressure where Kawhi just comes in and he's steady, and everyone began to, you know, take on that mentality, and, and it really led to them winning the championship. But, but a lot of people feel like, and of course all the, you know, people making predictions for this coming year, and I understand you're losing a big piece, but, but you know, when, no one's given the Raptors any chance because they think that Kawhi is, is the only reason why they won. But the truth is, if Kawhi was standing on the court by himself, he ain't winning. No matter how great a player Kawhi Leonard is, if he's sitting on the court, he's not going to be able to cover the kind of space that he needs to cover. You know, he's not going to be able to defend every shot. He's not going to be able to play the entire, you know, uh, 60 minutes of basketball and everything else. And, of course, you know, the load management deal. So we know, you know, his body can't take it. And so he needed all of those other players. He needed Pascal Siakam. He needed, you know, Fred Van Vliet and all these guys. He needed Kyle Lowry. You know, and, and all of them contributed together, and there's something powerful when a team comes together, all the different roles, all the different skills, they work together, and they accomplish something big like a championship. Well, the very thing that I love is actually I've discovered over the years 
is the very thing that is key and instrumental to actually accomplishing what we talk about when it comes to building the kingdom of God. You can't establish the kingdom of God. You can't expand. And for those of you that have been a part of Community Church, you know that this has been some key words that I've been throwing out over the last number of months that, that are, you know, our series at the beginning of the year was Seek First the Kingdom. And all of the other things that you're worried about, day-to-day -day ministry, all that kind of stuff, God says, I've got your back. But seek first the kingdom. And so, you know, three things that's been, you know, on our heart as a church. And if you're a guest here today, you're going to catch a little bit of our heart as I share this today. But, but it's to establish the kingdom of God among us and in our community. It's about expanding the, uh, the, the kingdom of God, the presence of God, you know, in, in our church and in outside and inside of our community. It's also then to encounter the kingdom of God. We don't want to just come to church and have church. That's religion. We want to come and experience the manifest presence of God because he's real, he's alive, and he wants to touch your life just like he wants to touch my mine. And it wasn't just for the moment of salvation, but it's to grow you and to mature you, and we'll get into that today. But the truth is you'll never be able to accomplish expanding or establishing the kingdom of God or accomplishing the will of God without the team. It takes a collective of people coming together with different skills, different roles, different callings, but they all come together to accomplish one thing. And our heart and our prayer for Community Church is that we would win the championship. And what I mean by that is that we would fulfill exactly what God has called us to, to fulfill in the way of encounter, in the way of expanding, in the way of establishing the kingdom of God, partnering with them, being a part of God's team. How many want to be a part of God's team, right? Well, the Apostle Paul picks this up in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Because he felt the same way. And I'm actually going to take you on a little journey with the Apostle Paul because he doesn't just talk the talk. He doesn't just give this pep talk. He actually lives this. And 1 Corinthians, the church, or the letter that was written to the church in Corinth, was written to a church that was in a lot of turmoil. And so he starts addressing certain things in the midst of this. And, and, the, and, the, and the tension that was going on inside the church was actually creating some, some quarrels among them and actually creating some discord, disunity. And Paul's like, yeah, this can't happen, boys. And so he addresses another issue in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse, uh, and, and actually the first part of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we'll pick up verse 9 and 10 in a second. But he looks at them and says, you know, you guys are all sitting around arguing about who you follow. Isn't it funny how, you know, we kind of have the same thing today in our culture, right? Yeah, I don't listen to that pastor. I listen to this pastor. You know, I follow this leader, not that leader. This guy's way better. Than, and we have this whole comparison thing. Well, that was happening in the first, you know, the first century church. The early church was having the same issue. And he's like, some of you guys are talking about how, you know, you're, you're followers of Apollos. You're followers of Paul. Uh, there's a, there's a Caiaphas that's listed in That's Peter. He goes... But the, here's the problem. He goes, you guys are babies. Can you imagine? Can you imagine me standing up here right now looking at you going, you're a baby in, in Christ. You're so immature. That's exactly what he was saying. You immature people. You're so short-sighted. That you think this is about Apollos. You think this is about Paul. You think this is about Peter. When here's the deal. We're all working together, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. For we are God's fellow workers, this is the Amplified, meaning we're his servants that are working together. 
That's the key word here, together. And you are God's fields, meaning you're, the, you're what we're cultivating, and you're God's building. You're what we're establishing. You're who we're working for. This is what we're trying to do. And listen, we do it according to the remarkable grace, which means the giftings that God's placed inside my life, the remarkable grace of God, which was given to me to prepare me for my task. Like a skillful master builder, I laid a foundation and now another one is building on it. And here's what's important to know. Paul also says in this passage that, listen, when I planted the seed, Apollos came across, came across and watered it. But for those of you who think that Apollos is more important, let me help you in. Let me let you in on something. Neither of us is really important because the truth is, no matter who plants and who waters, the only person that's key to all this is God because God is the one that makes everything grow. See, that's why it's so important that no matter what effort that we're putting into ministry or people or different things, you know, the truth is we need God. You're, you know, our church won't grow. People aren't going to grow and be healthily, you know, uh, in a, a discipled in a healthy way without us praying and calling on God and making Jesus the center of everything that we talk about. To bring people into an encounter, to know God, to know the hope, to know salvation through Christ Jesus. You need Jesus. Anybody with me on that one? You're a little quiet on a, on a Sunday morning in September, and I even gave you an extra 15 minutes to sleep in. Right? Stick with me. Here we go. But Paul didn't just walk the walk, and he didn't just see that parallel with the guys that were doing exactly, because that's what fellow worker means. It's someone doing the exact same thing that Paul's doing. The thing is, is that Paul didn't just believe that that was his team. Romans chapter 16, which is on the cusp of this letter, according to how we, you know, pull our Bible together. Romans chapter 16 is interesting because in Romans chapter 16, Paul actually does something that's that when you read it, it's just like it's it's he's signing off with his letter and he's like, hey, bring greetings to this person. Hey, I'm just so grateful for that person. And then, you know, I commend that person. And it just, you know, I don't know about you, but when I'm reading the New Testament and I come across the letters and I get to that part, I kind of skim right through. But in reality, I started looking in that and I realized he wasn't just, you know, doing a, a final farewell and signing off in his letter. What he actually was doing was he was high-fiving his team. And he began to broaden our understanding of what God's team looks like. It's not just full-time ministry. Sometimes people have this confusion that, that ministry is about, you know, pastors and pastors do the role. But the truth is, and I'll show you another scripture, uh, the reality is that our job as pastors is actually to equip you to do the work of the ministry. That you and I have a role regardless of what our official title is. You know, and, and so, you know, he's high-fiving. And let me, high, and again, for the sake of time this morning, you know, Romans chapter 16, and you can see it from, from verse 1, he talks about a lady named Phoebe. And Phoebe was this deaconess, and she, she was a leader in the church in Rome. And he was so impressed by her, and, and he mentions how hard she works, the labor that she does within, you know, the, 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 the church. And, and the thing is, is that it's not a paid role. She was just coming alongside. In fact, he calls her a benefactor, meaning, you know, she is this person that, that aids in the, the purpose or the agenda or whatever's going on. But specifically, she was throwing all of her money towards it. 
That's what it means by benefactor, meaning she, she had some kind of wealth, and so as the church needed it, she was providing whatever finances because God provided her with the resources to, hey, listen, can I just say this? The resources that God has given you and I is not only to bless your life, but it is to fund the kingdom of God. It gets really quiet when you start talking about money, right? Like, everyone's like, clench my wallet. Is he going to take up another offering? Like, you know. And he's like, Phoebe, man, I commend this woman to you because, man, this deacon, this role and everything she does and how she just supplies the purpose of the kingdom of God, I honor her. And then he mentions Priscilla and Aquila, and most of us know Priscilla and Aquila because they were known as uh, missionaries that came alongside Paul and, and helped him in, in various things. But they were tent makers, meaning they didn't get paid to do what they did. Every city and every community, in fact, all of the apostles did this. Whenever they went into a community, they never relied on anybody else. They just had side jobs to keep them going so that they can continue to further the kingdom of God. And then there's Mary, verse 6. He mentions a lady named Mary. Just out of nowhere, doesn't even give her last name. It's Mary. And how many Marys are in the Bible? So you really don't know who he's talking about right now. And he says, I just want to honor Mary so obviously she was prominent. People knew who she was in the church in Corinth. He goes, man, I honor her for her hard labor. Meaning her toiling, different things that she did. And I thought, wow, that's kind of crazy. That's kind of a, amazing that, you know, like he would mention this random woman. And he doesn't say anything specific other than she's just giving and working for the kingdom of God, for the church in Corinth, for the work that Paul and Peter did together to establish, sorry, this church in Rome. I love that. What did they exactly do? Let me just rifle through a few things here. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 8 will give you a sense of, what, of an insight of what they were doing. We may not know specifics, but I have a feeling because Paul, again, writes this in Romans chapter 12. So this is coming from him. This is his challenge. Listen to this. He said, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, meaning in view of what God has done for your life, I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. He's not saying set up, you know, a bunch of wood and get a fire going and jump in. What he's saying is, just, just to be clear for anybody if you're wondering about that, but what he's saying is with your gifting, with your ability, the skill set, what God's placed inside your life in the way of resources, times, he goes, listen, I challenge you to offer your life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God, for this is your true and proper worship. This is how you truly honor or worship the Lord, ascribe worth to him. By giving your life to him, meaning whatever he's asking, whatever he's calling, and all this kind of stuff. And he goes on to talk about, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good and pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think highly, more highly of yourself than you ought. But rather think of yourself in sober judgment, so be realistic. And in accordance with the faith that God has distributed within each and every one of you. Based on what God has placed inside of you. And he goes on just to clarify, says, for each of us, we're, we're, we're one body with many members. But these, these members do not all have the same function. And so it is with Christ. Though many form one body, each member belongs to all of the others. I love this. We all have different gifts according to the grace 
given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. Can I just say these? These are gifts that God's given. He's placed it inside your life. And this is not an exhaustive list. Everybody that knows, everybody who's ever studied this knows that this is not an exhaustive list. He's just kind of, he's just doing a little bit of a shout out and like, hey, just so you know, if you're, if you're a, one that loves to serve, then serve. If, if you want to teach, then teach. If your gift is to encourage, if you love to greet people, if you love to send notes to people, if you love the pastoral care side of ministry, then do it. If it's giving, then give generously, just like a pastor, eh? He's got to throw out the generously part thing, right? Like, it's not just giving. Like, if you're going to give, yo, give, 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 right? If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. They did it because they were partnering with God together as his body based on those gifts. And they're all different, but he says, use them. And here's what happens, and I'll just, because we're going to get to this in a second. It's our soft serve Sunday, and I'll explain that in a second. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 and 16. I won't read the whole thing. But when he talks about the fivefold ministry coming together, this is the part where it says that, that he's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors to build up the body of Christ, to actually equip people to do the work of the ministry, meaning help them discover the calling, the will of God of their life. Just come alongside, equip them, bring them into a deeper walk with him. Let God just begin to do his work by his spirit. And what's interesting is that the fivefold ministry, meaning the ministry is not dependent on one person. They need all five in order to function properly. Apostles are leaders of leaders. They equip leaders. The prophetic, just giving that voice of God in the midst of direction, right? Teachers digging into the word. You know, I met someone today that, you know, has had the honor of sitting under the teaching of Bruxy Cavey for the last number of years. Bruxy's an incredible teacher. He's a gift to the kingdom of God, you know? Um, he goes on to talk about, you know, uh, uh, pastors. Pastors come along, and there's that shepherding, and there's that, there's that caring for uh, people. The evangelists, there are just some people, you know, and I, you know, I, I know I highlight him a few times just because, you know, I know the ministries that he's doing. But, you know, this is kind of where Marcel kicks in. For those that know Marcel that runs the youth center. And Marcel is just going out into the community, whether it's students or, you know, the Wednesday night, which, by the way, he's running a Wednesday night thing. You can be a part of that. We'll highlight that next week. But... But he's going out, and it's just a natural gifting God's placed inside of his life, and we honor that. And listen, there are others in this room. We all should be evangelizing. Don't get me wrong. But some of us have this skill, this knack that just, it clicks. And they're there to help equip other believers to unlock that inside your life. I love that. But listen, here's what happens when you and I join the team of God. We partner with God. We rise up to take our place. Verse 12 says this, that, uh, that part of the reason why he does this is to build up the believer to be mature, to reach the full measure of what it means to be in Christ. But I love verse 16, and I'm going to read the Amplified Version. If you're a guest here today, normally I'm you know, NIV and New Living Translation, but I love the Amplified because it, it just, it's a very... Uh, it just adds a little bit as far as the depth of what's in the passage. But verse 16 says, when each part is working properly, meaning when every part steps up and takes their place, 
and listen, causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in love, but only when it's properly working. The truth is you can't accomplish the kingdom without doing it as a team. Without doing it as a team. And understanding that, you know, today is soft serve Sunday and JJ, yeah, come on up here with that, man. And, uh, you know, just I'll, I'll whet your appetite. I know we don't have pancakes today. Normally we have pancakes. We decided that we're just going to do uh, Sundays because it's soft serve Sunday. The, oh, dude, this has got caramel and everything in it. This is killer. That's better than I thought was going to come. That's awesome, man. Do you love it when you get something and it's better than what you thought to begin with? Isn't that good? So, so I don't know. Hopefully it doesn't melt by the time I'm sitting here. But maybe, well, anyways, I'll get along, Pastor, so we can get to some ice cream. I know. But listen, when we step up and we go, God, you know what? I'm going to offer my life, just like Romans 12 says, we step into the team and together as a collective in different roles, different skills, we have the ability to win the championship. And the championship is seeing everyone in this room grow deeper in your walk with Jesus including me, because God knows I have not arrived. You know, I grew up in the church. I'm fourth generation. Like, you know, I've slept under the pews, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, I can, I can sing an old hymn like anybody else in this room that's grown up in the church, all that kind of, I'm not a walking hymnal like Cora who can tell you the number and everything exactly where it's located, but And even if I've been in ministry for over 22 years, I'm still growing in my walk and my faith with Jesus. That just still keeps going. But the other goal is to make that happen, and we need a team to make that happen, but it's also to happen inside of our community. We have a community that some of them don't even realize they have no hope yet. But unless they're in Christ Jesus, there is no hope. And they need Jesus. And we come alongside and partner in the way of, you know, serving and different things like movies in the park and helping with the parade and, you know, you know coldest night and all that kind of stuff. And I'm hoping and praying that that's going to parlay in some incredible opportunities to share the, the gospel with people. But we serve first. We love first. We bless first. That's how we do it. The kindness of the Lord will bring about the salvation. But that's our heart. And we can't do this without the team. And so, yes, today, Soft Serve Sunday, is about the team coming together to help fully equip and perfect the saints, to invest in the ministry here. And if you go to the back today, you will see a bunch of sign-up sheets and maybe some, in fact, I can say this, I wrote this down last night, I didn't put it in here, but I wrote it down on my phone as I was uh, just kind of uh, sitting there watching between the ball game and a few other things, you know, and, and I was just still processing today. And, and I just want to say thank you to every person that has already stepped in and is a part of the team here. You're awesome, you're amazing, and you make this place like click like we're moving because you're doing stuff and we love that 
but I want to encourage everybody today to step up and to find a place where you fit in your skill because there's still many, many opportunities. And you'll see it at the back table. There are things like prayer room. Uh, we need help with just, if you have a heart to just pray for people. It doesn't have to be this big old thing, you know, just, just to pray with people, to love on people. You know, you can sign up for that. We need youth leaders. We don't have anybody helping Pastor Jonathan and Rebecca right now to invest in the next generation. We need youth leaders. We need some of you to say, you know what, I don't know if I'm skilled in this area, but I'm willing to give it a shot and help JJ out, you know, throughout the week. There's kids ministry stuff. We've got an incredible kids ministry team, but we still need more. We need greeters. We need people that have the gift of hospitality that the moment you someone walks into your presence, they feel like they've known you for 20 years and they, you know, they feel like they're valued. We want that. We need help with other things like washing tablecloths and putting out garbages after the service. And I mean, there's a, there's just a montage of so many different things out there where we need building and grounds and all these different things and projects to help keep the building up so it doesn't fall down around us, you know, kind of, but don't worry, it's all safe. But anyways, um, but, but we need that. And here's the thing, it takes a team and I look at this ice cream and I'm going to end now because it's going to start to melt. Listen to me. In fact, stand right now. Rebecca, come here, wherever, or JJ, someone come here and help me out. Where, where are you at? Yeah, yeah, Because if I keep going, I'm going to keep going, and then you're going to have, like, Sundays that are melting, and I don't want to do that to you. So listen to me. Serve Sunday. We're playing off the name serve, soft serve Sunday. But I got thinking about this. See, in the next few moments, you're going to have an opportunity to enjoy a Sunday on us, so I'm trying to sweeten the deal. Yes, absolutely. I have no problem admitting to that. That's okay. I don't mind. Listen, I am just that guy. Whatever it takes for you to lock into what God's purpose for your life is, and I'll tell you why. Because I know if I can hook you into that, you will discover something so amazing, a level of relationship with God. It doesn't mean that you're going to love God more. It's actually according to, listen, according to Romans chapter 12, you're actually expressing the love that you have for God by serving and partnering and being a part of the team. In any way, whether it's a one-off or, you know, throughout the year, community events, whatever, or maybe you're in a weekly ministry. But today you're going to enjoy a Sunday with all the toppings. The toppings are back there. And we got toppings to sweeten the deal. But what you get to enjoy in the way of a product didn't start out this way, and it took a lot of people to get it here in this moment and in my hands. Somebody created ice cream. Just start thanking Jesus for that person right now. Somebody had to perfect, you know, the flavors. Man, I don't know what your flavor is. Mine is moose tracks. Man, if there's moose tracks, and I know it's not good for my diet, but if there's moose tracks, I'm having it. Praline's and cream too, by the way. So if you ever want to take me out for ice cream, those are the two. Somebody, somebody had to create the plastic container, the mold, so that we can put this in here. Somebody had to create the machine that, that, that dispenses the, the ice cream. Somebody had to stand there and put the, the ingredients in. And somebody had to stand there and put it in the cup. And somebody had to put the, you know, the, the, the top on. And someone had to take it and get the spoon. And man, thank God for spoons. Because I'll tell you right now, man, ice cream would be messy without spoons. But somebody created this. That's instrumental. That's key. If you're not sure about that, go ahead and eat your ice cream without it. I'm gonna, I'd love to see it. You're all laughing at me, but it's the truth. It took a team 
to get it here. It took Felicia going over today to get it from that person, to bring it over here. It took JJ to bring it to me so that I can do this illustration. What I'm saying is, you can't, listen, it's great to talk about the finished product. Oh, we want the church to grow. We want people to grow in Jesus. We want, you know, we want people to know the gospel. But the truth is, everyone, it's going to take every, and I mean it, every single one of us stepping up. But Pastor, I don't have time. Listen, there's a lot of things that can be done around here that don't require a lot of time. But can I just say this? You're missing out on an opportunity to honor the Lord with your life, which is biblical. I didn't write it, that's scripture. And I'm not gonna apologize for it. We got an amazing team. We wanna grow our team. There are still areas, still gaps that we need people to step up and rise up. And I'm telling you, there's opportunity. And so when you go to grab your ice cream today, would you just do me the favor and take two minutes and just go around the table and consider. And if you feel led, put your name down. If you're not quite there and you got some questions, some of the team leaders are there. Or you can check in with some of the team leaders throughout the week. But can I just challenge you today? Serve. Be a part of this championship team that is building something in our community along with other great and amazing churches in this community that together as a collective, as a broader sense of team for the kingdom of God is trying to bring light in the midst of darkness, trying to bring hope in the midst of despair, to bring salt to our community. And I want you to be a part of that. So let me pray and bless you as you go and grab a Sunday. Father, I thank you for every incredible volunteer servant of God. I thank you for all of our guests today. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca.